boxed, ready for Saturday morning's Greyhound Racing Wrap. Across Victoria, RSN 927 is talking greyhounds. Here's Simone Fisher. Good morning to you on this Saturday morning, the 18th of May. The month certainly is flying by, but the racing just seems to be getting better. And with the Sandown Cup less than a week away now, and after last week's trip down memory lane with Norma Cullick and the Mighty Bold Trees, Rob Orber will be joining me to chat about what it was like calling the champion, and Mick Floyd will also join me again to talk about all the action from Sandown on Thursday night. What's making news around the kennels? 12 outstanding Group 1 heats of racing were conducted at Sandown on Thursday night with a huge night planned for the three Group 1 finals next Friday night. The box draws have been conducted for the Harrison Dawson and Sapphire Crown with the Sandown Cup draw to be conducted at approximately 10.30 this morning on RSN. Mick Floyd will join me shortly. With the impending retirement of Marg Long, the General Manager of the Meadows, after 27 years of service to the Melbourne Greyhound Racing Association at both Olympic Park and the Meadows, and a career spanning over 40 years in the industry, the MG- MGRA have appointed a new CEO, Ashley Baker. Ashley has previous racing experience with positions at the Office of Racing and as the Executive General Manager of the Werribee Racing Club. It's fair to say that Marg and the team have worked tirelessly to make the MGRA what it is today, but no doubt there will be some exciting times ahead for the club. The Longwood Coursing Cup is on tomorrow and with a fabulous meeting planned, it includes the Burt Clark Memorial and plenty of other support events. The cup is worth $1,500, I should say, and it looks like the weather will make for a perfect day of coursing. Uphill Jill has whelped a litter of 10 pups to Fernando Bale during the week, consisting of six dogs and four bitches. David Gill said that he's been surprised by the interest for top-shelf pups with a price tag to match. At this stage, he's sold one and may consider selling another, and by all accounts, Jill is being a wonderful mother. And finally, Gap have another community day coming up at Sandown on Saturday the 22nd of June from 1 till 3. Registrations are essential. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. It was an enormous night of racing at Sandown on Thursday night with 12 heats of Group 1 racing um, with the three finals next Friday night. And joining me now is Michael Floyd. Michael, you must have been absolutely wrapped on Thursday night. Yeah, good morning, Simone. I really were. Uh, for mine, it's probably the most underrated night of racing for the year. Sandown Cup heats night. It's, uh, it's a fantastic night. As you said, 12 Group 1 heats and the quality was fantastic and the racing was absolutely superb. Let's have a brief look at the two finals of Harrison Dawson and the Sapphire and then we'll get into the Sandown Cup because there was some outstanding runs there as well. But the Harrison Dawson, um, Jeff Britton's got two through to the final here. Um, some interesting runs, but Orson Allen and Flynn, uh, that race was just like we're saying, the race of the year perhaps. Wasn't it? It was, uh, it was just brilliant. The two series favourites drawn in the same heat and uh, uh, look, it promised to be a great race and it certainly delivered. Orson Allen was, uh, it was funny actually the way the two dogs found each other soon after box rides, but Orson Allen bounced off and his first split 501 was just uh, phenomenal and uh, once he cleared out down the back, I thought times and margins, but Flynn, you know, he's, a, he's rated as one of the most exciting uh, pups in the country and he's showed why. He's taking that sort of ground off Orson Allen in the run to line and running 29-14 overall is just an amazing effort. Um, and between the two of them, I think, uh, well, they're, they're still favourites for this series now, so it was a fantastic race. 
And how stiff is Slyn? You're running around 29.40. You run second. <laughs> it's not really fair, is it? <laughs> no, no. He's on 29.16 in his own right, just the length off what he read in the, in the speed star. But, uh, um, look, it was a fantastic run by him. I think he's the fastest time recorded in a race that uh, they haven't won. So um, just so you say, it was a fantastic effort by both dogs. Yeah, and looking forward to that final, of course, and then the Sapphire Crown and the Jeff Britton, Angela Langton Kennel have three through in this, so five into the finals across the board. Um, some other some other um, fantastic runs here as well. We saw Crimson Vixen a five oh five early, but Neo Cleo five dead early. That twenty nine twenty two, she was just phenomenal. She just pinged her loose, didn't she? She, she did. Was, uh, she was brilliant. She's a, a real bad lease of life, new lease of life since joining Robbie Britton's kennel. And um, it's four starts now, and two of them are group level. And she's into a group one. You can't uh, can't ask much more. She's absolutely flying. But Crimson Vixen was a really, really good run as well. I was uh, standing near Norm McCullough when, uh, when she got over the line. And uh, he was very, very happy, of course. He's no stranger to winning a race at Sandown in May. But uh, look, he, uh, he was very happy. And uh, look, she's an exciting type and getting stronger with every start. And Zipping Bailey, she's been putting in some enormous performances at Wentworth Park. She began probably better at Sandown. Do you think it may have had something to do with the the, the difference in boxes? Uh, she was just a little bit closer early, I thought. Yeah, well, she's probably drawn to get a nicer run too. Um, you know, she she was able, she does want the rail as well. So mm. from box two, um, yeah, she she well, the dog inside cleared her and um, got that nice run through the first turn. So um, it was actually a, a second look at the track. She had a hand slip a little while back, but first came out of the boxes, and um, that might have been the difference. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to know exactly. But obviously, she uh, um, went a little against, literally against their racing style, and uh, it was a really nice run for her first time at the track. So. Um, we know she's high class and she's going to be a factor next Friday. I think there may be a little bit of improvement there um, given the fact that yeah, she has had that race start under her belt there as well now. But the Sandown Cup, this is what it's all about next Friday night, $175,000 to the winner. And look, it's fair to say, Mick, with the shortage of greyhounds that we have been experiencing the last probably six months, um, the heats, there were some standout dogs in each of the heats, but the final that you've got together, there is plenty of depth. Absolutely, yeah. The, uh, um, the, you know, the numbers are a little bit thin, particularly with the staying ranks, but the quality certainly is there. And uh, This finalist, you could have uh, scripted a finalist is about as close as you could have got to it. It's a fitting edition of the World Trichester Stays race, and uh, of course, Tornado Tears was the, the headline act. It was the one that most people wanted to tune in and see, and he certainly did it. He sure did, aiming for back-to-back Sandown Cups next week. And we talk about Bold Trees winning four. Well, Tornado Tears may just win half of that um, at this career, at this point in his career. But he's come back from that pad injury very, very well. And uh, he looks like he's just, he's primed. But uh, we had a little bitch called Ella Enchanted. Let's take a listen to her replay from Thursday night. Away. Dinah Chancer began midfield, out fast, Poco Dorado, straight over to lead, settling down, and she put up three lengths to M by the Sydney Siders, one, two. Dinah Chancer cutting back to the rail, and then Ella Enchanted. A break of two, Sweet Verbsky, Blue Shadows and Shining had brought up the rear. Little Poco Dorado spearing along in the lead. Goes down the railway side, four lengths in front to Dinah Chancer and now Ella Enchanted winding up with a run. They're followed by M. Bine, a long break to Blue Shadows. Here comes Ella Enchanted gunning down Poco Dorado and in the blink of an eye, Ella Enchanted stormed the lead, raced away. That's impressive. Ella Enchanted by six Poco Dorado, third of photo 
M by and at her staying debut at Sandown on Thursday night, she recorded that 41.53, Mick. Um, do you think she can throw up a challenge now to Tornado Tears having run that? Yeah, I think she can. Uh, we spoke to Jamie during the OB on uh, Wednesday and then Sarah said OB on Wednesday. And he was quite confident that uh, she was ready for that 700 trip now and uh, every indication she gave was that she was looking for that distance. And to run the way she did on on Thursday night, uh, that was by far the strongest heat in terms of mm. depth. You had uh, Ellen Chandler, of course. Poco Dorado is a 15-time winner over the 700 up in Sydney. Diana Chancer won the Speed Star. And Envy, of course, was a, a brilliant trialer leading into the Speed Star. And, um, yeah, to give a dog like Poco Dorado that sort of start, about eight lengths of the lap to go and win by six, it was just a phenomenal run. And that overall time, 41.54, that'll win most Sandown Cup. So if she can replicate that, uh, um, she's certainly in the mix. But uh, obviously, box draw is going to be all important. It will be. Of course, the box draw is this morning, approximately 10.30 here on RSN. Um, some other great runs out of these staying heats, Mick. And Bago bye-bye, 41.84, an impressive run from the Interstater as well. Yeah, he has a few little quirks, Bago bye-bye, but uh, when he gets his way in a race, he certainly is uh, capable of running some serious times. We saw that uh, at the Meadows a little while back. And um, look, it was a really nice run first up. Uh, again, 41.84, I think he'll be quicker than that as well. And Blue Moon Rising, we saw him take out the Superstays at the Meadows earlier this year, that 41.89 he ran. Um, this is a greyhound. I really like this greyhound and, of course, this litter that he's come from, the Chica Desta Carter Fernando Bale litter. This is a greyhound, I think, um, another look on the track and perhaps he could find a little bit as well. Yeah, I agree. He was fantastic in the Meadows throughout that series. I couldn't catch him, unfortunately. I was on him very early on and uh, didn't get him in the Superstayers. But you're right, that litter is absolutely fantastic. Three of them through to the final, of course, with two times twice running second to Tornado Tears. And the Lachine Euro wasn't far away in the other heat as well. So a fantastic effort by Connections there to get through three through to the Sandman Cup. Do you think that the box draw is going to be crucial in this, Mick? Um, you've got Tornado Tears who will start the favourite. He'll win from any box. And um, as we see and we saw... On Thursday night, you know, he, he found the lead quite early on at Box Rise. But do you think it's as crucial in these staying events um, where the greyhounds are drawn? Uh, probably not as important, generally, not as important as a sprint. But uh, the Tornado Tears, he's developed this little quirk now where he's just mad for the rail. He doesn't tend to go around dogs particularly early. So, um, look, if he draws inside, then, you know, it's times of margins. But if he can draw outside, and particularly depending on which dogs draw around him, um, yeah, that, that could change the complexion of the race. Uh, he does push pretty hard to the fence. And, um, if you're inside, you might be a bit of strife. But, um, but no, it, it's always going to be important. But um, you're right, he's a, he's a flying machine. He can win from any box. So he's, uh, he's certainly going to be the one to beat. And I think it's he's, he's aiming for his is it fifth group one if he takes out the Sandown Cup. He will be, yeah. yeah. He's seven from seven at Sandown Park too, so uh, he's certainly got that in his favour. He's actually won four, he's run four of the ten fastest times ever at the track, so um, you know, the, the class is there and the times are certainly on the board. So, um, yeah, it, it, the only question will be if he can if he draws wide uh, and there's some pace underneath him, just where he'll settle in doors. And what else is happening on Cup Night, Mick? Um, plenty of activities planned, I'm sure, and I see Billy Brownless has got his head there on a promo. He will be there, yes. So uh, we've got Billy's uh, Billy's big wheel, and um, patrons who come along have a chance to win a hundred thousand in cash and prizes on that wheel. So plenty of fun on Santa Cup night. It is one of the great nights of racing with the three Group Ones, and a very nice staying race on the support card as well. There's a big tab uh, projected pool for quaddy as well. So plenty there for punters. Plenty of fun on course and uh, free entries. So make sure you have along on Friday night. 
I'll be there and we are doing a, a digital broadcast for RSN. So really looking forward to that. But just one more thing, Mick, and I'm going to get you on the hop here. At the OB on Wednesday morning, um, it was alluded to that there is a price, incre- price increase in, or stakes increase, I should say, for the Melbourne Cup this year that um, was not denied. So that's really great news as well. Yeah, there, uh, there might be an announcement pending. Right. Okay. We'll listen out for it. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this morning, Mick. Thank you very much. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And joining me now is Rob Orber, who people may know more from the harness racing side of things, but I think we can claim you as one of our own, Rob. You've had a long association with the Greyhounds. Welcome onto, onto the show. Yeah, thanks very much, Simone, for having me on. Uh, Greyhounds have always been uh, a, a, have a special place in my heart, uh, having uh, called uh, at the Greyhounds for uh, quite a number of years going back uh, in the in the eighties and nineties, with Arthur Cooper and Dan Malecki, we sort of shared some uh, various roles there as uh, race callers for uh, for back then uh, Sport ninety seven and RSN now, and of course the Sky Channel. And yeah, we were very fortunate to see some great greyhounds and, and call some wonderful races as well. You sure did, and you got to call some great greyhounds like Bold Trees, which we'll get to shortly. But we'll just uh, take a little trip down memory lane, Rob. And um, as a teenager, you purchased a dog, didn't you? And um, you ended up getting a few too many people in the syndicate. Uh, we had a bit of a funny story. Uh, good old Dan Malecki and Arthur Cooper and myself were very good friends from uh, when we were in our teenage years. And <clears throat> at one stage, we uh, elected to decide that uh, it was time for us to buy a greyhound. And uh, between the three of us, uh, we didn't really have a lot of money back then. And we, we approached uh, uh, George Butis, who uh, was a, a, one of the leading trainers down at Warrigal. And we asked George if he could find us a pup. And they had sales on back uh, a long time ago at Sandown and between the three of us we could afford $1,000 which was a lot of money uh, back mm. then and George picked out a greyhound which ended up costing about $1,600 and we thought to ourselves oh we can't really afford this but we bought it <laughs> and we thought we better get a couple of extra partners involved and that night we went out for dinner and we thought uh, it was someone's birthday and we thought oh well surely we'll get uh, one or two people to put in a, a few hundred dollars to, to buy this greyhound and before we knew it, we had 16 partners in the Greyhound, and it turned out to be a Greyhound by the name of Rational Miss, who turned out to be a wonderful bitch, and she won a lot of races and went on and won some feature races and won a lot of prize money, and, and then went on and had uh, only, I think, one or two litters of pups, and one of those turned out to be a Greyhound called Mr. Giles, who went on and won uh, the New South Wales Derby, which we sold. So, yeah, look, it could have been a richer story for us three blokes, but as, as uh, nothing's changed, we're still paupers and we still uh, still love our greyhounds and, and horses. And you're talking racing royalty here with Dan Malecki and Arthur Cooper. You also used to pick up um, Jamie Ennis and Wayne Vassalo on the way to the greyhounds at Sandow, didn't you? And Wayne was doing some on-track hosting, uh, walking the greyhounds out to the kennel, the boxes, I think, at the time. Yeah, they, they both did. Uh, I, I knew them both when they were about 14 years of age and I used to uh, call the Greyhounds uh, out at Sandown and Wayne, as you mentioned, uh, used to be the uh, uh, trackside uh, MC and lead the Greyhounds out to the boxes and I used to pick him, uh, pick him up after school uh, from home and, and Jamie jump in and the, the three of us would take off to the Greyhounds and uh, yeah, they've kicked on both of those two fellas. Uh, great guys and uh, very happy to see them uh, succeed in the way they have uh, over the years. 
They have been doing a, a terrific job in the training ranks. Now, Rob, you've called, like we mentioned, some fantastic greyhounds over the years, and uh, one of those was Bold Trees, and we talked to Norma Cullick here on the show last week. And what can you remember about Bold Trees? I mean, there's probably that many memories, but what really stands out for you? Well, look, uh, it, there's no question from a greyhound perspective, and look, uh, greyhound, uh, like, like all racing codes, you, you try to catch the imagination of, of the public and try to get people to fall in love with the animal and bold trees at the time he, he was a pr machine for the greyhound racing world he, he's uh, his ability to to not only win the races that he won but the way he won them and there's always an excitement about the greyhound when he used to get back in the field and it was a question can he make up the ground can he get uh, there the win and he did it on so many occasions and mm. He really caught so much uh, publicity for the Greyhound Racing, and whether it was Channel 7, Channel 10, Channel 9 at the time, even the ABC, there were quite a number of stories on the Greyhound Bold Trees. And as, as we, we know, he went on and won you know, four Sandown Cups. He, he won over $100,000. He was nominated in the Hall of Fame in the USA. He was Greyhound of the decade. He was just... An exciting greyhound. I had different stages. Uh, I, I had the opportunity to call him, whether it was Olympic Park or Sandown Spring for Arthur Cooper at the time, who was the main caller. And uh, Look, you'd be calling the race and just always have an eye on where Bold Trees was in the field. And whether he was 10 lengths behind, 20 lengths behind, you always knew he was a chance of winning the race. And we saw it on so, so many occasions. I think his second Sandown Cup win was quite phenomenal. He came mm. from such a long way back and he got up and, and won that, I think, the high intensity of Galaxy Spirit. And he was just a, an exciting greyhound. How do you go calling a race with a greyhound like Bold Trees in it, Rob? Is it hard to not get so focused on him and where he is and what he's doing? Because you've got seven other owners and trainers that are wanting a fair go for their dog as well. Is it hard or is it just easy because it's so full of adrenaline? It is, and it also gives you the opportunity to build the race up. And obviously there's always the element of disappointment when you're, you're, you're winding yourself up for <laughs> something coming from back in the field and sometimes they don't finish off the way that you expected. And he went through a period there where he lost a little bit of form. But, look, uh, there, there's nothing more exhilarating as a race caller and, you know, you, you take your hat off to all the people in recent times that have been calling, you know, winks or black caviar. The excitement of calling a great animal, there's nothing more pleasurable from a race caller's perspective, and I think Ross will tell you that a million times over, and the, the ability to build up the, the crescendo and the excitement in the race and then to see the greyhound get over the top and win, uh, there's nothing more uh, exhilarating. And, you know, we heard Terry McAuliffe call, uh, I think, the fourth Sandown Cup, and, you know, the excitement in his voice and the excitement in Hawks' calls you know, when he won the other three races and Arthur Cooper, it was always very, very exciting. And he was just a beautiful greyhound. Uh, he, he really was. And he was, a, uh, as I mentioned, a PR machine for the greyhound racing. And we always look forward to the next bold trees and hopefully there's another one out there today. Well, I don't know that we're going to have one that will win four Sandown Cups, but uh, perhaps Tornado Tears might take out his second next Friday night. But you also had the opportunity, Rob, to do... You did a lot of uh, videos and uh, documentary-type things on greyhounds and racing, and there's one brilliant one that you can find on YouTube. Um, you must have had a lot of fun going down to Warrnambool, young Alan McCulloch running on the beach with bold trees. Um, I must say, Norm doesn't look any different to what he did about 30 years ago. Um, but that must have just been so much 
much fun and being able to be on that personal level with the greyhound. Yeah, and look, Arthur Cooper and myself, and Arthur, as we know, he's uh, now over in Europe and doing some amazing work over there. He, he was always very passionate um, as far as uh, promoting uh, the, the individual sports itself. And at the time, we felt that greyhound racing probably could have uh, got some more exposure. And we approached David Mann, who I, I believe might still be on the board today, and David, of course, at the time, you know, he, he was a, a, an absolute master when it came to... Uh, marketing and, and promoting sport and we approached David and gave him uh, you know I suppose a proposal that we'd like to do some video productions on greyhound racing and hopefully then try to filter that through to some of the commercial networks and we were very fortunate at the time because Dan Malecki was working at Channel 10 and as I mentioned the three of us were very close friends and we were able to uh, and David Mann at the time and greyhound racing Victoria supported our, um, our, our vision and uh, they provided us with, with some additional funding to, to go out there and do some video productions. And we did some amazing ones. And one, of course, was the Bolt Bowl Trees, mm. the, the Warnable Warrior. And as you mentioned, it's uh, currently on YouTube. So for those people that uh, would like to have a look at it, I'd certainly uh, just punch it in and have a look at the story. I mean, it obviously goes back a long, long time. I think we've all uh, probably matured and uh, <laughs> become a little bit more professional to the way we presented it back then. But I think that, uh, that, that applies to everyone these days. And um, we did some great stories. We did, a, we did a great story with Tony Lockett once. Uh, that was quite an amazing story. And Tony, at the time, was an absolute legend of the sport, playing for St Kilda. And uh, we, we, we caught up with him one morning, and he was supposed to be training for Victoria that, uh, that morning uh, for, the, uh, for the state of origin, and he decided not to turn up for training and uh, caught up with Arthur and myself, and we did a Greyhound story, and the lead news on all the uh, news items that uh, night was that Tony Lockett didn't turn up for training for, sta- for the state of origin, and he was actually with us doing Greyhound stories. So, uh, so we, we did some great stories, and we actually got a lot of vision out on uh, the commercial TVs, and in particular when it came up to feature racing, we, we did a lot of the heat and final series and then did a story on a Greyhound and then sent it off to uh, to all the commercial networks. And it was quite um, quite often that some of those commercial networks would pick up their our vision and obviously they would then dub it over with their own uh, personality at the time. But the, our, our aim was just to get coverage on TV and we were quite successful at the time in doing that. And it was a great, great time for us. It sure was, and there is some terrific work out there. And I put the link up on Twitter last week. I'll do it again this week to that bold tree story. Look, Rob, we are out of time, but it's great to see you've come full circle as well because you've been doing some hosting out at the Meadows um, on big feature nights, and I'm sure we're going to see you doing a lot more of that. Um, really appreciate your time this morning. Uh, it's been great to catch up with you, Simone, and uh, we're, we've really enjoyed uh, doing some work at the Meadows and, and to Mark and the team out there. They do a fantastic job, and hopefully we'll uh, catch up with a lot more greyhound people uh, in, the, in, the, in the upcoming months. It's the expert pick, Simone's Run of the Week. Away in racing, Orson Allen Flynn, they began brilliantly, the pair, and Orson Allen's going to take the lead, pour on the pressure and put up three lengths early over Flynn getting into the clear. There followed Cracker Jack Skip and then last hurrah, Black Hornet. A break, Venn's Revenge, Lectra Spring and Fake Wide George, but Orson Allen shot clear off the back by four lengths to Flynn, who's starting to bridge the gap and cuts him back to two. It's Orson Allen, the leader. Flynn a length and a half away. The young star levels up to Orson Allen, who kicks and wins it. What a win. 
Orson Allen, the inside, won it by a head from Flynn, and that was a defiant victory. Mick and I Five spoke about this race earlier, and look, it was a very hard run of the week this week, and that includes Tornado Tears, Aller Enchanted, Orson Allen and Flynn, really. It was a very hard task to find a run of the week, but I think Orson Allen had ended up being a tough win there in the end with some pressure. So some fantastic racing from Sandown, but I've put Orson Allen on top this week. Last week's dog to follow, Stein Brenner, is in tonight at the Meadows, race one, box four. A dog to follow this week is Kessler Bale, won it at second start in 29.87 at the Meadows on Wednesday. Its box manners improved and it did lead all the way, so watch out for Kessler Bale. My best bet is race 11, number seven tonight at the Meadows, Crack and Dust. It's a slight dropping grade from a mixed fourth and fifth grade to a grade five over the 600 for it tonight. It went down to Aller Enchanted by only a quarter of a length last week. And of course, what's coming up this week is the Group 1 Sandown Cup, Harrison Dawson and Sapphire Crown. So until then, you keep those tails wagging.